Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of hopefully several weekly episodes of Provoke, the podcast that takes a provocative look at advertising as a whole. I'm your host, Brian Wilder, and, we ha- and we're in the Evoke studios here in sunny Orlando, Florida. And um, we have Tanya Zier. Um, she's the managing director of Evoke. And we also have our intern extraordinaire, Kelsey Shalou. Hello. <laughs> and um, on today's episode, we're going to talk about hashtag agency life um all the things that kind of encompass agency culture and you know the perks the the pros and the cons the the ups and the downs and what we can kind of do to to enhance agency culture and agency life as we move forward in this ever-changing industry landscape so kelsey you're gonna kick it off cool um I, well i guess as an insider you know someone who's new to working in an agency. This is the first time I've ever worked in an agency, an yeah. advertising agency. Um, so I've, I'm beginning to understand what it even means to have agency culture solely based upon what I'm understanding to be evokes agency culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess first thing to open up the floor is what does agency culture mean to you guys um, who have maybe worked at other agencies? Um, how has it, you know, are there any like consistent themes that come from one agency to a next or ones that are unique to each different, um, you know, set of characters that live and work in the agency um, as this is my first kind of experience inside of, mm-hmm. you know, even understanding what agency culture is? Well, Tiny, I feel like you're you're kind of the, the expert on this, so... I don't know if I'm the expert, but I have an opinion. <laughs> the, expert, the expert in the room, <laughs> at the very least. Well, um, I have worked, Evoke is the fourth agency that I've worked at mm-hmm. in my career. I think I'm dating myself by saying that. But, <laughs> um, you know, been around the block a little bit, and I've worked at larger agencies. I've worked at a PR firm. Um, and Evoke is... It has its own unique personality, and that's what I think of when I think of culture. Mm-hmm. I think of what is the personality of the organization. It's a living, breathing entity, and it's made up of the people that work there, and that is what creates the culture. So you can try to define it, you can try to set it, but it is going to be determined by the people that are working in the environment. So, Absolutely. yeah. So, but do you think that's in just a, uh, does that expand into the professional realm too of the agency or just like, you know, does person A jive with person B on a personal level? Like, does, is there, is it, does it also mean like uh, the professional interactions, like making sure that everybody knows that there's a job that needs to be done and, and how to do it. And, you know, that you might hit roadblocks, but you know, that you, everybody's here for a shared goal. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, this is sort of where core values come in and, you know, it's up to leadership to set what the core values are for Mm -hmm. an agency. And so, um, I, when I think of Evoke's core values, I think of creativity. I mean, we sort of like emit creativity. I mean, when you come into our offices, you see the bright green staircase and it says stage, you know, mm-hmm. when you're coming off the elevator. And um, we have this like kind of cool, hip, modern environment that is um, unlike a lot of other office environments. And so, you know, creativity flows through everything we do, the work we do for clients, the the how we are ourselves. Um, also, I think like we're uh, adaptable. Mm-hmm. We have sort of this like 
fluidity to the way that we do work for clients. I mean, this industry is constantly changing and evolving. And so we're all having to constantly learn new softwares and, and what's the latest and greatest, you know, um, analytics, you know, software or, or tool out there. And, um, so we're very adaptable and, and that you can feel that like Mm -hmm. with the people that work here and, um, I love it. We have, we have a good, a really good culture. I was thinking as you were talking about, you know, explaining culture is cultural within an agency and like as Brian said, the personalities that come um, to make that culture within an agency, is it changing? And you just start talking about um, being able to adapt. Would you say like, is culture something that changes within an agency? Is that something that will evolve over time or is it just the... Um, like almost supplements like software like you mentioned stuff or does the actual have you ever been a part of an agency um, and watch the culture itself change over time as you know things happen outside of the agency as people get older as we bring in new people from the team or people hmm. from the team leave yeah yeah I mean I worked at Evoke um, back when I was let's see 13 years ago mm. and I worked for Evoke for three years then I left for a decade <laughs> and I came back <laughs> so I can tell you when I started at Evoke um, just cool. pure numbers there were six of us I believe mm-hmm. when I left there was probably like maybe 15 now I'm here and we have you know almost 40 mm-hmm. people so it has changed cool. I mean we've evolved as a company we're more sophisticated but it's still I mean the the core truth of who Evoke is as a company is still there. I can mm. still feel it. It's still the same. Um, but it's a little bit more mature now. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think you do evolve. And part of that is the clients that we have. We have bigger clients now. So it forces us to um, have a little bit more structure. We have to start implementing, you know, some safeguards and some processes. I know people hate to hear that uh. stuff, but, you know. <laughs> it's it, too corporate, man. I know. It's like, no. <laughs> but we, you know, even though we're creative, we do have to have some structure. Yeah. <laughs> um, thinking about leaving and coming back and now being a part of like a leadership team where you're seeing people come in and out um mentioning this said culture that we're talking about specifically towards evoke um how do you juggle or manage the lines between bringing in new team and new clients or i'm talking about like employees employees okay um team and keeping that said agency culture but also making sure you're bringing in the best talent um so everyone is vibing and meshing cohesive where our personalities mm-hmm. are all on that same um i don't want to say like cultural vibe but i do want to say cultural vibe yeah yeah i know what you mean well i think there's a delicate balance between finding the best talent and then finding someone who fits so i mean what defines the best talent I mean, what does that mean? Is it just the person with the most knowledge, the best skills and abilities? It, it's It really just isn't that. I mean, maybe on paper, technically, that is what defines the best talent, but best talent to me is someone that has the knowledge, skills and abilities, so they, mm-hmm. they understand technically how to do their job, they have the experience, um, but then it's also someone that shares our values. It doesn't mean that they're like us, it just means that they share um, a love of creative, that they're passionate about what they do. Um, working towards similar yeah, goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and really, I don't want to hire people that are all like 
I don't want us to all be the same because that's no? boring. No, you, don't, you don't want that hive mind? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think there has to be a healthy amount of um, collision of ideas yeah. so that people can argue a little bit and kind of like, you know, I don't know. I just think that produces the best results and the best work. For so, sure. yeah. Um, so for listeners who don't know, um, we have two stories at Evoke and the downstairs is where all the creatives live. So Brian works and lives in a different <laughs> in the space. Case. The, the, the pit, the sulfur mines. <laughs> in a different space where Tanya and I do being upstairs. Um, and so is there... A difference. I don't really go downstairs too much, but I feel like people. Why not? Downstairs. I don't we're, know. We don't, we're, we're great people. I swear to God. Why don't we Most all days. switch we chairs, switch. like desks? Like, whoa, whoa! Now I'll you're talking crazy. Go you're down to crazy. your desk. You come up here. But I feel like you guys do travel up up this way more than maybe mm-hmm. people from uh, upstairs go downstairs. Is there like a? Um, do you like feel yourself breaking through different <laughs> um, like atmospheres mm-hmm. or? Um, levels of even just noise, different things where it's like very. I know you guys play movies and stuff downstairs. Um, so like, talk about the differences between the two spaces. Well, I mean, for our 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 unique situation, I know coming upstairs, it's it's part necessity mm-hmm. um, because we have to talk to account managers and, and people kind of keep the, the the wheels greased. And then it's also part curiosity because we do spend a lot of time with each other downstairs in the creative area. And so you want to break away every so often. Like you want to see how the other half lives, if you will. So, I mean, I think it's a breath of fresh air to kind of see what social's doing, to kind of see what what the the, exec, the rest of the executive team is doing. And, and, and me, I'm, I'm kind of a nomad at this agency so I'll you'll you'll find me at my desk one day and then you'll find me just sitting in the conference room the other um but yeah I mean I I think a lot of people downstairs in the creative area enjoy coming up here but again there's still like that that heavy idea of just necessity because Mm -hmm. we have to we have to present our work and so you kind of put on a different hat as you're coming up the stairs it's 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 less like Interesting. That creative kind of off the wall, tangential state of mind, and it's mm-hmm. more of like this kind of buttoned up. It's like I have to present my work. I have to explain why I did what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's it's. You do take on it, a kind of different, on a different yeah. jacket. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a split personality, if that you will. Really <laughs> um, Tony, you talked a little bit about working at smaller agencies. I don't know if you have you worked at an agency smaller in size than mm-hmm. Evoke now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like in my recent searches and recent findings um, I've kind of come across certain agencies that are just working with one type of industry or one type of client whether that's health services or outdoor adventure whereas we are kind of this jambalaya doing everything across the board Um, I guess have you ever worked in a you know niche industry Um, what well I mean not entirely. The, the agencies I've worked at have always been sort of generalist agencies, but um, one that I worked at in particular, I would say, you know, a large percentage of the work was federal government. And okay. within that realm, it was military. Okay. So, I mean, it was like, I know a lot more about the military than I ever thought <laughs> I would ever know. And so, you had to get like security clearances yes, and stuff too. Yes. Yeah. And, and I did. Yeah. So it, it, that's a different environment. Um, it's a different type of client to have. Um, you know, when you're going to DC or you're going on, you know, naval bases or whatever I was doing, it was, it's like, you know, 
full suit, you know, very formal, very bureaucratic. I mean, you have to cross your T's, dot your I's, Mm -hmm. like big time. Mm. So, yeah, it's a different feel. Which speaks to their own uh, cultural. Yeah, you have to mirror the the Mm -hmm. culture of your clients to some extent. But but as far as, you know, the agency goes in the the culture, it was still a creative environment. Um, It just... It was the evolution of that company that we ended up specializing in that industry, um, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that's the best business decision. I think hmm. it's, um, you know, when you start to specialize in a certain industry, yes, you can become an expert, but number one, you can have a conflict of interest because you can't serve two clients in the same mm-hmm. industry usually mm-hmm. without some kind of conflict, yeah. right? Like nobody right. can yeah. be the marketing agency for like Miller and Bud Light. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> so, um, and then also I think it's, I think it creates some kind of like creative obstacles. Like it's mm. just that you get in the mindset of thinking about one type of client and, and it jades your thinking and I, I think you lose perspective. And so I like that Evoke works on a lot of different types of clients because it keeps you flexible mm-hmm. mentally. Mm-hmm. Like you have to constantly Sharp. be, yeah, applying those same marketing principles that we learn, you know, we go to school for, but, and you apply them to different industries. Uh, it just keeps you fresh, in my opinion. I don't know. <laughs> have you, like, I don't even, before Evoke, were you in a different agency or have you done anything where you're working with one mm-hmm. main specific um, type of client? Well, uh, funny thing, I was actually a rodeo clown before I started working <laughs> at Evoke. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Oh, man. Like, <laughs> like, like, wow. I totally can see that. We're going to go on a tangent. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, well, I've kind of had a kind of smattering of experience. I've worked in-house where it was just one thing. It was in a tech agency or a tech company that focused on real estate software and all the way to freelancing for agencies that were multi-industry. Um, I, I can't really speak on what's, which was which was better. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's just like, like Tanya was saying, it's like, having that in-house experience it gives you an opportunity or just having even just having that single industry experience gives you an opportunity to really really mesh with your team Mm -hmm. like you all become uh experts or pseudo experts on one particular field of study if you will and that's great because you, you you feel like you're 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 talking to people who are on the same level or even people who want to challenge you like who can challenge you and challenge your way of thinking um, and then on the other side, working with an agency that has like this this huge portfolio of just different industries, it, it keeps you on your toes. And I think that's what I like best is the idea of being able to work with a QSR one day and then work with consumer tech the next and then a nonprofit after that. Um, so it keeps you sharp. So, I mean, I don't want to make recommendations, but <laughs> I do like I do. I definitely prefer working at an agency that has multiple industries within its portfolio. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I have nothing really to compare that yeah, to. Yeah, you're so green. Own. I feel so bad. <laughs> but you're going to learn, young grasshopper. Yeah, that's what's, that's what's cool. I, thinking about, like, niche agents, I didn't, your perspective is really cool thinking about um, you would run into, like, business crossroads or you would uh, maybe get to a point where you're like, I can't really take on 
anything new because those are all my competitors. Um, but I feel like a level of passion maybe arises a little bit with um, someone who's working maybe in, I don't know about the two experiences that you just gave when you were talking about military stuff and you were talking about um, realtor tech. Or, mm-hmm. um, but if you, I, guess, I don't know, I guess if you were working on something um, and it was always the same, you might come into creativity um, blockages where you're not always changing your hat like we are here. But I wonder if some level of you get passion, stale. Yeah, yeah. I feel like your creativity might get stale. But I feel like if it's um, something that you're super invested in, you there might be a different level of passion that maybe fuels more of that creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas sometimes. Um, on like a super, super large scale agency, you might be working with something that you have no experience with on like a firsthand um, point of view. And that's, you know, that's our job to understand how consumers would maybe use that and, you know, develop strategies and content based upon that. Mm-hmm. But Well, I kind of liken it to, to, to being a chef. Like a chef may be classically trained in French cuisine all, mm-hmm. all through their education. Mm-hmm. And then they get out into the field. They might work under a French chef. But you get to a point where it's like, I, I don't want to cook the same ratatouille every, every day. day. You know, I want something different. And maybe you might be interested in Japanese or you might be interested in, in, in African cuisine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it you, you're going to have that 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 burning desire, mm-hmm. so to speak, that's going to call to you to mm-hmm. do something else. And I guess that goes back to the idea of culture, Tanya, where it's like. We we welcome we try to welcome people who who not only f- want to find people who challenge them but also want, challenge themselves internally. Mm. So, and that's what I like. Yeah. I like being able to work. I like being able to work with people who who don't settle for the status quo. Cool. And I think that's something yeah. that we have a lot of here is just being able to find people who don't just roll over and die, so to speak. <laughs> Your uh, that explanation you just gave the French cook like you might be really into that but you at some point you're going to get to something where you want to learn more do more and branch out um, yeah because you get bored yeah everybody gets bored <laughs> like yeah. even if even when they become experts in something you get bored yeah. you, right you want to do something different even especially if you're not good at it you yeah. want to do something different there's a song lyric uh, any man who knows a thing knows he knows not a damn damn thing at all so if you think you know who's saying that what you know um Search. It's Why like a kind familiar? of like any man who knows a thing knows he knows not a damn damn thing at all. I don't know. Well, we'll that'll be the rap that's, song. That kind of, that reminds <clears throat> me yeah, for sure. Of, Brian, I feel like you should take this last topic because this is something that you kind of oh, talk yeah. about yes. when you and I are just brainstorming and yes. stuff. Okay, so. My my first foray into <coughs> advertising was admittedly and ashamedly through Mad Men. Um, I saw Don Draper in his in his tailored suits and just commanding the room, and I was like, I want to do Young that. Guy, and then I'm right he, there with you. <laughs> I mean, I'm right there with you. Yes. And then he started doing some questionable I stuff, know. and I was like, and then you're like, ooh, maybe I don't want to retreating. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely wanted to kind of cover like some of the, and, and really kind of debunk some of the, the, the mad men myths out there Let's that when it. it comes, cause, and this is more so for like people that are in still in school 
who are or who are kind of interested in advertising but may have that kind of like stereotypical mm-hmm. idea of what advertising was and maybe still is so we can kind of start with talking about like what are some myths that you saw or some some kind of kind of characterized things that you saw in Mad Men or other examples that just aren't feasible well this day and age for starters we're not drinking all day Mm -hmm. um sexual harassment is not okay (laughs) (laughs) okay um let's see uh to my knowledge uh nobody's sleeping with anybody else um to my knowledge again and and if it's happening i don't want to (laughs) know um and let's see um you know I think that kind of generally covers it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think um, from my standpoint, uh, there's definitely a lot more inclusion. There's much more diversity in the advertising realm than what you may have seen in TV and movies. Um, uh, we still got a long way to go, but yeah. I mean, we, we're, we're making some pretty good progress there. Um, I, I, I don't know. I... We're not smoking. We don't smoke in, oh, yeah. we don't we're not smoke smoking. in the office. I mean, who no. smokes in 2017? So, I mean, it's such a weird thing to me. I, I just, I, I've never, I've never took up smoking. It was never like something that appealed to me. I never thought people looked cool doing it, regardless of where no. they were. Um, so yeah, we're not doing that. Um, there's still some profanity. There's a lot of, oh, yeah, I think a lot yeah. Of especially yeah, creators. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, that's, that's completely acceptable. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking, you know, like scotch at like 10 a.m., not okay. Before Profanity, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes some, you um, Speaking about, I guess, just the whole topic of uh, agency culture. Yesterday, I was sitting at the social bar at my desk, just like doing my little thing. And I don't know who was, but we had some clients come um, in, and we, I don't know if we were pitching them or what we were doing, but they were following out. They were kind of laughing and joking, and whoever was kind of giving them a tour around, um, called out the taps at the end of the kitchen. Oh, yeah, we, kitchen, yeah, we have taps, two, yeah. two couple beer taps. And, uh, you know, these are guys' business suits, briefcase, the whole thing, and they're walking by and, like, quietly to each other, but I was sitting close enough to catch them. They were like, hey, man, do you think if we pitch that to the guys back at the bank, they'll let us put it in a keg at the, <laughs> at the bank? And I, like, was trying so hard not to laugh because it wasn't for my ears to hear, but I heard it and was dying. So I think that that yeah. um, talks to some of our agency culture. I think the fact that we even have a podcast, too, is a huge speaking point for our agency hmm. culture because we, Possibly, you know, yeah. you talked about it yeah. being about personalities and what our Absolutely. values, and we just kind of sit down here and talk about, I don't know, just whatever Stuff, kind of we want. Stuff and things. <laughs> popular television shows exactly (laughs) i would like to institute a dress code that follows mad men um i'd be all for that but i unfortunately i don't think i can get a lot of (laughs) (laughs) buy-in well i mean we're in florida where it's hot all the time so a a full-fledged suit would be murder i mean granted i would love to do that five days a week but Listen, I'm also realistic. (laughs) Years ago, I'm not making this up. This was a thing. Like, I want to say it was like five or six years ago. Banana Republic did a contest to dress Uh. like people could submit photos of themselves dressed like they were going to be on Mad Men. And of course, you had to be wearing Banana Republic attire. But the whole idea was to try to look like, you know, the people, the way they dress. And I'm forgetting the redhead on the show. But um, was it it Peggy? I don't know. Was Peggy the copywriter? I don't remember. Anyways, um, and so if you won, you got to make an appearance, mm. like just in the background or something on the show. And I so wanted to do it. 
Yeah, because I think the it. I think I think I Banana Republic was the the costumer for oh, were they? I believe so. I be- I would believe I it. I believe yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. Don't quote me on that, but I think yeah, I think Banana Republic was the costumers for yeah. Mad Men for a while. So so that makes perfect sense. Um but yeah, I mean those are the I mean those are the big things. I can't really think of anything that, I mean there's there's no real wild debauchery that that occurs. Um maybe during the holiday party, but <laughs> I think something that we might not even realize to say because it's so like embedded into our own like everyday doing in nature but that people on the outside don't realize when I talk to people um is how much creativity is part of the agency life mm-hmm. um and I think that again like that's something that's so like obvious in to us. yeah, yeah. Like, of course um like throughout every department not just copywriting or art direction but that outsiders or other people may not realize that every piece whether you're um like on the business side or you're downstairs and creative is completely embedded with um creative thought and um like pushing creative initiatives to achieve our business initiatives which um might get lost in translation to outsiders looking in when they're thinking it's just about maybe sales Mm -hmm. or you know and not only that, I think it's more so the idea of the, just the creative process. I think everybody has a very different creative process at this agency, and I'm sure at agencies around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what that's what interests me most. That's what interested me most about advertising was just the idea that, you know, I might enjoy taking a walk around the, the area for 15 minutes to kind of clear my head to come up with ideas. Some person, somebody else in the agency might like running on a treadmill for 20 minutes. Why? Don't know. <laughs> but that's part of the creative, that's part of their creative process. And just the idea that an industry allows for so many different personalities and different characters to kind of coincide in the same space is like the greatest reason to really kind of in, in invest in the agency life so shameless shameless plug come right. work come work at evoke <laughs> <laughs> um well i mean that that pretty much like wraps up our discussion do you guys have anything else to add to the uh the pot no just that it's cool for so. me to see y'all's perspective Awesome. Awesome. Well, I mean, if you are still, if you're interested, still, if you're interested, if you're still interested in advertising after listening to this, you know, uh, come see us, come see your nearest or go see your nearest um, uh, advisor and and really kind of get more of an inside track on what we do because we we'd love to have you. Um, so with that said, I want to thank Tanya for taking some time thank out of you. her day to, to kind of bless us with the knowledge. Uh, you know, Kelsey, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Um, as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, be sure to send them to provoke, P-R-O-V-O-K, at evokead.com. And follow us on Twitter at Evoke Advertising and on Facebook at Evoke Advertising to keep up with our contributions to the advertising world. And as far as today's quote's concerned, this comes from the legend, Leo Burnett. And he said, to swear off making mistakes is very easy. All you have to do is swear off having ideas. And with that said, y'all take care.